Just stop it. The run-of-the-mill, cheesy, humdrum bullshit status quo just tires me out. What fascinates me are the industry disruptors, the superhuman frontiersmen or women who go through hell to achieve their goals. Join me as we meet and learn from those mavericks, rebels, and business leaders that aren't afraid to piss off the establishment in order to make radical change for good. Sponsored by Johto PR, the disruptive anti-PR firm that murders your competition with cinder blocks and cyanide. This is Disruption Interruption. Welcome back, everybody, to Disruption Interruption. I'm your host, KJ, and we're here today to talk with another disruptor who has steered the reins off his industry's lame, tired path of the status quo. <laughs> Today's guest had to reinvent himself after COVID. Because in the digital transformation that was accelerated by COVID, client-focused enterprises are now an oxymoron right? That term just contradicts itself. This disruptor had to figure out how to use his extensive network of professionals combined with his IT experience in business operations to transform himself. That's kind of another oxymoron too, isn't it? <laughs> and now he transforms businesses into profitable client-focused enterprises. Coming to us live from Miami, or is it Fort Lauderdale? I can't remember. Please welcome our disruptor, president and CEO of Five Star BDM, Grant McGaugh. Well, thank you very much, Carla. I really appreciate the introduction. You know, we say South Florida because that, that's really the area. It's Miami is an area in South Florida, Fort Lauderdale. It's all one big conglomerate location. So it, it's very hard to draw a straight line. I live right on the uh, county line, as a matter of fact, between Dade and Broward County. So that's how I, I get out of bed. I'm in Broward and I can take one step backward. I'm in Dade. So that's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> all right south florida then and that has a connotation to it all in itself doesn't it yes yeah. yes yes so grant let's get going here and let's talk about this whole transformation but before we do i want to know what is your number one ingredient for disruption my number one ingredient for disruption is leveraging relationships that that is it now some it, what occurred for me and it was right before COVID in around October 2019, I've been working for a Fortune 500 company about five years or so, and I got disrupted. I got a phone call from my immediate boss, who we, you know, this is a national organization, and basically said that our division was being dissolved. And I was no longer, I just did not have a job at this point. You know, anyone within the, in, in my particular uh, genre, which is the healthcare field, was completely disrupted. I said, well, it's been great. And, you know, you're going to get a severance and all that like that. So I immediately found myself completely disrupted and finally like, well, what do I do next? Now, what I have been doing is building a very robust network of professionals in healthcare and IT for a number of different years. And so when I went to a seminar, I mean, right after I found out, you know, that I was pretty much a, a free agent, so a lot of people started to find out about it. Say, hey, Grant, I don't have representation in South Florida, and I think it would be a great idea if you would represent my company on a commission basis in your area, uh, because I'm in healthcare, I'm in IT, I don't have the reach. You've already built the network. 
And then that started the, the wheels turning in my mind is that you know, speed to market, timing. I already have an established base of clientele that other businesses would like to tap into in order to present their products or services. And it's just a matter of how I would then now position that. So disrupting myself from being a one-trick pony, right, into a entrepreneurial master of a lot of different disciplines. I come from an IT world. I understand IT, but I also understand branding. So five-star BDM means brand development masters. And the thing that I learned the most is that you must have a brand. As an individual, you need a brand. And you actually do have a brand, whether you would realize it or not. And what I mean by that is what people say about you when you are not in the room. What is that conversation like? And how are you influencing that? And that's what I call layer one in my stack of strategies and execution. What is that conversation like? And if you don't like the sound of that conversation, then we need to have a talk. Let's go over that. Yeah. Well, yeah. And maybe they don't even, it's not even, they don't like the sound of it. It's just dead air. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> I don't even know what that would be. Like, I don't know the actual statistics of how many people had what you had happen to you. But I know that it was, you know, a good subset of our population, right? Yep. In your particular business department or division, like how many was that? At that time, there was 50 people. So there was 50 people immediately that found themselves, you know, going into another pattern. And this is right before COVID. Then COVID occurred. And I was like, well, I might be out of a natural, you know, of, uh, I would say a, 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 W-2 job for a while, what does that look like? I'm going to have to go ahead and, and, and kind of move quickly into my business arrangements. Of course, then we're into COVID. It changed everything. So from an IT perspective, now you got to remember, I've been involved in communication for a long time. I understand what we call the omni-channel approach, whether it's a phone, whether it's a video, whether it's a combination of both and how do you gain metrics out of that and how do you gain reach out of that how do you then you know integrate social in, into that framework and what i found is that a lot of people just weren't that savvy as far as how do you utilize a zoom or a google meets or a team they might have had it there on their desktop or maybe even in, in their phone and never turned it on but now we found all, all of us in the uh, behind you know, the lens as our primary vehicle to reach out and touch someone. And, and why that's important? Because when you're, let's say, physically in a meeting, and I just came back from a meeting just uh, recently, and you might, in that meeting, you might have, you know, anywhere from 10 to 20 people that you're going to interact with. Whereas, and that's a one time, and you've taken maybe half your day just to do that, right? Whereas in a virtual setting, right, you can talk to a lot of different people in that same four-hour period, and now you've exponentially improved your reach, right? But there's a process to that. There's a strategy to that. And that's just one aspect of what I do from a brand perspective and looking at it from how are you utilizing time? How are you utilizing technology? How are you utilizing business and technology to expand your reach? 
You know, that's really very interesting. And since that's been a couple of years since COVID, right? What is the status quo that you're finding of individuals that have had to, or in a position now to have to reinvent themselves with this digital transformation that is not going back to the way it was, right? What is the status quo on that? Are, they've been thrown into it. There's things that they've had to do, but are they really leveraging their networks to create these client-focused businesses or even client-focused enterprises? What? Wh tell me what's really happening. I tell you what's really happening. I call it, I'm frozen in time. And, and that's where I find where people are. They're kind of stuck here like, wow, I know I need to engage. Now, let me give me an example. I've been in sales and I've been an IT sales professional for a very long time. So how do I, my job is to reach out and touch people, to network with people, to understand that their problems and present them with a set of solutions that could possibly solve them. How do I do that? So in the, historically, people would do that either knocking on doors, right? They come to your office, maybe they're dropping off brochures or something to that effect, right? And then it kind of morphed into, well, you know what? I could do a lot more just, just calling people on the phone. Right. And you saw that a lot in the 80s and the lower 90s and people just banging out phone calls all day long and in telemarketing now, which has, you know, you know that, that name. But that's how they were doing it. And then it morphed into email. Right. And then email was just this cool thing. I could send these great messages and people would open them up. And this is where we get into what I call this digital transformation that's taking place where people are, are getting used to this newer technology in order to communicate with people. So, you know, when you do email, typically that's a, a text function. It's a copyright amount of uh, messaging to a greater group of people that, again, expands your reach. So now we're in this social media world, and that's been over, let's just say, 10 years or so. But a lot of people are using that on a personal note. Right, not on a business note, right? So you're doing your Facebooks and your Instagram, your TikToks and your YouTubes and whatnot. But then, how are you promoting yourself from a business perspective, from a brand perspective? So then we get into that world, what I call LinkedIn. Now, LinkedIn is my friend. That is a business community, and what I have found with people, a the status quo is I'm not, I, I might have a presence on LinkedIn. I might be there. I might have a 10 year old picture of myself up there. I might have <laughs> minimal, you know, information about me that's there. And I don't really post too much. I might, you know, view, I'm a viewer, but I don't really engage. Right. And then you have those that do engage from time to time, but then their profile is just not clear as to who they are, what they do, and that's not putting their best foot forward. So fast forward to what I'm talking about is this, is that your digital presence is now your physical presence. You would not go to a business meeting that you're going to sit down with someone potentially to talk about a deal. Right. You're going to dress to impress. Right? You're going to put on a nice suit, you know, you're going to have your hair together and your whole physical appearance is going to say, hey, this is a good person I'm going to do business with. Why? Because first impression. What's the first impression you're going to get from this individual? You might have talked to, to them on the phone, but I guarantee you, once you walk into the door, they're going to formulate even newer impressions about you. Right. So when they go to your digital profile and they see you and they go, Wow, Grant, I thought you were different. 
You hey, know? you had more hair back then. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. It was an older, it had more hair. You didn't upgrade. I thought you worked for so-and-so. That's not even updated. Or you haven't even put, what you've done is really regurgitated your resume on your LinkedIn profile. No, this I see is that very common. That's, that's the, very that's the common. key, right? That's the because, status quo. So they have old yeah. pictures. They haven't really updated that they left a, a particular company or they're not there anymore. Regurgitation of their resume. Yeah. <laughs> Not, and, and this is where they miss the aha moment. This is your opportunity to tell your story, to differentiate yourself. And when you see that about page, a lot of people in the about page, it might be a couple of sentences there, or they might get a couple of bullet points about you know why they are, you know, their skill sets or whatnot. But it's not a story. This is about you. It's an opportunity to tell your story. You know, because what differentiates you? I know a ton of people that have a master's degree or a PhD or they've had different corporate jobs and that type of thing. That is not, that, that's not uncommon. What's uncommon is who you are, though, because who you are and how you have traversed in this world. I want to know how you solve certain issues and problems and challenges in your life. That tells me, like, ah, oh, that's interesting because that might be something I find valuable that I can utilize. I just want to engage with you because you understand some of the things that I might even find intriguing. So that's when it comes from a brand perspective, a status quo. Let's start utilizing these social networks to be more creative, to be more expansive, because this next phase, this next platform that's coming out of COVID that's coming out of social media. You're starting to hear the buzz about it, but this is an actual thing, is the metaverse in virtual worlds. And it's gonna be completely immersive. So it's very important for everyone to understand how to utilize these platforms. That's another disruption that is coming. I mean, it's already started coming. We're already assigning clients that are building financial services in the metaverse, right? Like this is the wave, right? But you're saying, all right, guys, LinkedIn, it's been static. You've had a static profile forever. And maybe that was the corporate way. I mean, listen, you work for a corporation. It's like the branding the department would say, look, this is how you're supposed to set up your LinkedIn. And it was like a, a business card. It was stationary. It was static. And you're saying and what you've done and what you've seen happen is that because we haven't weren't able to connect person to person anymore right everything went digital then it was like who the hell is this guy they're going to go to linkedin this better be a live representation of you the status quo is no longer the framework of that stationary business card it is a live representation and your network is money yeah your network is your net worth it's it, it, that is how you gauge, you know, how, how, what are my what are my assets? You know, you talk about assets. You, you got, so you have to take a gauge on your digital assets. What does that look like? And just because it's not here's another thing, some numbers game like, all right, I want, you know, 10,000 followers. Well, are they really followers? You need people that you engage with, that you have conversations with. That's your true network. You meet new people. You engage in conversation that is a commonality and an interest point to then move it into uh, possibly a, a deal, if, that, if that's the case, a client, if that's the case, a job opportunity and that type of thing. Because it might not happen immediately, but if somebody says, 
in a year or two, as I go back to what I talked about earlier, what do people say about you when you're not in the room? And they're like, you know, there's some things that, that are going on in our company now. We need somebody that's involved with public relations. You know anybody? Yeah, I know Car- Carla. That's what she does. Like, but, So that conversation is happening. You're not in the room. You're not influenced. It, it, they're not reading your email. You know, at that time, they're not, they didn't run out to your LinkedIn and go find you. They already knew about you. You want to set the stage for being that go-to person. That's what's important. And from that platform, you can then have even greater discussion. So as a subject matter expert for me in management consulting for uh, small to mid-sized businesses and entrepreneurs, I start with that framework first. Let's talk about your brand because that becomes your platform. And then we can start coming up the stack and start talking about, all right, what are we going to do from a marketing standpoint? How are we going to project, right? Then we start taking a look at what's your business development strategy, because business development is a whole other animal. You need to understand technology and the technology platforms that you're going to be able to utilize to grow your business. And that's part of business development. Of course, you get into the relationship building and all these kinds of assets that you need in order to be sustainable and scalable. Amen. Amen. So how did you do it? Right? Because you all of a sudden were thrown into this, like, what the hell do I do? Right? You are in sales. So you do understand the value of a network, but your network is your net worth, right? The more attention you have on you, the more money you make. Those are, you know, prime natural laws, right? But what did you do? You looked at yourself, you kind of reinvented your, you know, who you were, what you solved problems with, and then how did you start engaging? You know, that's a great question for me because the epiphany went on for me, actually before that, I understood, I it was in 2014, right? And I went to an executive sales training class. And I remember going to that class, a lot of times sales training classes, they're just kind of, you know, boring. They're pretty static. Talking about status quo, you pretty much know what's going to happen. They're going to tell you the corporate story. They're going to bring in some executives. They're going to give you some examples and they're going to send you out on your way. Then I had an instructor that came in and said, if you are utilizing social media just to talk to your friends and family, you are missing the greatest opportunity in your sales career. I was like, whoa, remember this is 2014, you know, and LinkedIn was still kind of in that, you know, monster.com type world. You just put out there and that kind of thing. Not really you looking at it like, oh, this is the new, you know, a, a Facebook type of interaction for business. And that said, hey, he said, the people, that are on this platform are the clients that you're looking to do business with. So he would show us a profile of somebody like, here. here's a vice president of IT sales for XYZ company. Take a look at his profile. It would be a beautifully crafted, he had a professional bio, professional headshot, a story about who he was, what he was doing, kind of, you can see the historical things that are there. And then this is what got me. He said, now take a look at your profile. Oh my God. 
I went to my profile, man. It was just a full body shot. I looked like I just got nothing professional about me at all. Right. And he just flat out said, would this person do business with you or even connect with you? Now, what's the commonality? What's the story? You've already set that first impression. What's the first impression? Like, wow, that's an eye opener experience. I need to step back, take a look at what I'm doing. And, and get serious about building my network. And that's what I did. I had to first develop my own story and make sure that story was consistent about who I was from a professional standpoint that people would want to connect with me. So I started doing that 2015, 2016. I became a part of a national uh, associations. And you get a part of associations, you extend your reach. It gets bigger. And people mm-hmm. start to see you more than just what you were even saying earlier. Your LinkedIn, all of a sudden, it's like your company owns your LinkedIn. Oh, no, they don't. You own your LinkedIn. They're part of your story. That's like saying, like for me, I get separated from my company. Does that mean I no longer have a story? Does that mean I'm no longer relevant? You know, that's just part of my Most people now you know, might stay in a particular job for maybe four to five years. That's normal. Where my previous generation, like mom's generation, they might have worked that one job for the entire life. Well, that's not the case any longer. No, so it's you not. You own your story. You own your, your story. You've been owning your story for a while, Carla Joe, right? That's true. <laughs> that is true. So you learned how to own your story back then, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so you're saying the status quo is people still aren't owning their story. They really aren't. It's really very interesting because LinkedIn has really blown up, hasn't it? It's oh, really it's blown up. Six, 700 million people are on the platform that are business people. I guarantee you that all the uh, different clients that you're looking to reach out to are on LinkedIn. So that's a target market. You want to be able to connect with them and then be able to position yourself as a subject matter expert. So that's what I did 2018, 2019. So, all right, I got to reposition my story, just not being a corporate career executive, but more of an entrepreneur, right? What does that look like? How do I change that story? I had to rebuild my digital assets and make the right investments to do that. Now, Do I still work in corporate America? Yes, I do. I do both because I need multiple streams of income, but they coincide and and correlate into a tapestry that makes for a beautiful story. And this is the beauty of it after COVID now is that people are doing that. I was just speaking to a fractional COO the other day, and she still works in corporate America, but now she has a fractional business on the side and she's leveraging her story. Very interesting, but, you know, probably not like you, but it is, there is this entrepreneurship that is taking hold, even though people are working in corporate America, right? So how did you start engaging with your network? You know, like people hear tactics and this is the thing they get a hold of tactics and they go, Oh, I've got to be on LinkedIn two minutes every day and respond to, and it's so far down the channel of really understanding how or why they need to network. Because once they understand that and they have judgment over it, these tactics, they could figure out for themselves, right? Yeah. yeah. Could they? What did you do? How did you leverage your connections when you were out of a job? And how did you make it 
a goldmine for you? The, the main thing that I do is that I speak directly to my audience. First of all, you need to know who you're networked with. Is it your target audience? You know, is it, did you get intentional about connecting to organizations and people that would be interested in who you are as a person and what you do? So you, you gotta take a look at that. Next, present good content. People like good content. People now don't read a newspaper very often. They read their social media feed. You knowledge about uh, different subjects matters. People are gonna wanna tune in to you because they like, oh, you know what, it's 8 a.m. I'm about to go ahead and my first meeting's not there at 8.30. Let me see what's going on in health IT. Well, I know Grant knows all about this. Let's tune in to Grant. Let's see what's going on. And all he has to do, you know, pull up LinkedIn and then you'll probably see a feed on uh, uh, what I put out there. This just happened. I was at a, um, so I still network physically as well as digitally, right? So I was at a, an event. There were several different executives there in the healthcare industry at a high level. We took pictures. We talked about what that the subject was about. The talk was about, right? And then I went ahead and reposted that on LinkedIn. Right. I immediately got over two, three thousand different views. But here's the cool factor is that I might have had a number of those what I call your first tier connections that were already connected with. But then I picked up like 20 or 30 other people. I had no idea who they were. They were connected to the other people that were in my post. And now we have an opportunity. So when I would approach them, they already kind of feel for who I am. So you, you these type of things, as you think through your strategies about growing your network, think of it the same way if you were there physically. You don't just you know, come up to someone and start pitching them about your product or your service. They don't even know who you are because you haven't told your story. You're telling them so something. They haven't even found out anything about them. Like, Probably. hi, how are you today? <laughs> Let's start there. Yeah. <laughs> well, how are you? What's going on with you? What's, what brings you here today kind of thing? And you start with that commonality, natural curiosity, allow them to ask you. Here's the cool factor that I talk about a lot when I talk to clients. You want them to start reaching out to you. You want to create such good content and conversations that people begin to reach out to you. They begin to send you good messages. Hey, Grant, I just saw you posted this and that. This is wonderful. Can you can we talk about that for 10, 15 minutes? Whatever. I want to get on your schedule. This is a real thing. This happened to me even physically when I was at uh, the uh, event. I see what you're doing. And because I have a podcast, we want to get into that. But it's like you have a podcast. Podcasting is a great way for people to get to know you and what you're about and what your expertise is and, and what you can do to help another person on their journey. So I applaud you, Carla Joe, for what you're doing. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, you know, our podcast started totally a different way, right? Yeah, we were doing quarantine press conferences for the media during COVID with all of our you know, particular industry leaders. And then we started inviting business leaders to it. And it was probably the first time in history you had hundreds of business leaders that were asking questions that the media were writing about. Like, you know, what the hell do I do? I'm 
I'm uh, transforming my, you know, Fortune 1000 business over to remote workforce and I can't get the hardware. What's going on? And the shipping and logistics expert would say, this is what's happening in the shipping pipeline. This is the delay. This is what you can expect. You know, and then media stories were written about it, you know, but but you're right. It has been an excellent way to network and to get to know people. And I think if anything that I've seen from this is that it's forced people to communicate more than they ever did before. Yeah, totally agree with that. So if you're going to increase your net worth, you better increase your network and you're going to have to pony up and do it the digital transformation way. You're going to have to get off of this static quo <laughs> with LinkedIn and start dynamically using it. Yeah, right? no, and, you, then, you, and then you can branch out right to other here's platforms. Here's the deal. Here's the hard work you're going to have to do. Okay, good. Let's be very real to our very listen, real. The, the listeners here, I mean, these are CEOs of corporations. These are, you know, um, people like you that have been displaced. These are professionals, right? And they're looking at how, like, I had a network before, but how do I reinvent myself? So there is hard work to it. Let's there is, this is the hardest thing. The hardest thing is that you have to step back, look in the mirror, and ask yourself, what's my story? What is my real story? What is my journey about? And why would somebody else find that interesting? You know, if someone told me once, like, you need to be able to tell a story that you could tell at a campfire about yourself, you know, and, and what's going on, and that people are just intently listening to you. Right, because it's a good story. Like, well, that's riveting. Because everyone, believe it or not, has challenges. There's entry in everybody's story. Like, wow, how the heck did you get out of that? How did you live? <laughs> <laughs> you know, people that's think true. you just show up and everything's just success. Like, no, makes no, you very it's real, not. doesn't it? it? It makes you real. Makes you human. It makes you approachable. We, if anything, as COVID has taught us, especially COVID, is that we all are on this earth and we all have certain dangers that we have to deal with and upsets. You know, you if you're a sports fan, you go out and I see the guy's running for the touchdown. He's almost there. And then, oops, he's tripped up and fumbles. And the, <laughs> the game goes the other way. And, and, you know, everything you thought was going your way is totally changed. Yeah. Right? What happens in business all the time. All the time. And you have to be resilient. But can you tell that story? Because if you're going for a job interview or you're going to work with a potential client, that person wants to know how, how human you are. You can't tell me that everything that we do, we sign a contract with you and everything's just going to be the most positive experience ever. That's not realistic. They're going to have challenges. I want to know how you handle those challenges. I want to know if you're you know, a person that is going to stand up for me. Are you going to just you know, cite a bunch of legalities and whatnot and, and not really represent my interests? Can I count on you? What are you really about? So that's when you got to step back. And this, I, it's something I did, is that you get the raw data, but have someone else write the professional story. Write the professional bio for you, right? And that you can then reutilize it website on different social media 
on podcast and you can have your short version, your long version, your two minute, your 30 second, you know, call it the elevator pitch. But that elevator pitch has got to be spot on and it's got to have the humanity of yourself in it. If anyone ever remembers different speeches that they've gone to, right? thing that you truly, totally remember is how you, definitely how I make you felt, but you usually remember the story that somebody told. Yeah, you, know. you do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you do. So, so Grant, what's your story? <laughs> <laughs> Pretend we're at the campfire. Well, you've kind of alluded, you've got a little bit of that story, meaning I'm in this cushy job. I'm doing this for four and a half years. I'm doing health IT at a high level. I just got some awards. 2018, I'm going in front of my peers. Everybody's saying, like, Greg, you got this gold achievement award, man. You sold all this stuff. You are the, the, the man. This is wonderful. I wish I was just like you, right? So then I step into 2019, and maybe you don't want to be just like me, right? Because <laughs> you find out, as I said earlier, I got to the goal line and then, then I got tackled. I got tackled by financial problems that had nothing to do with me, but was a huge disruption to my life. And I had to step back and get resilient and think about this. I'm not younger any longer as I once was. I started, I have to start thinking about the end game. What is the end game? look like i'm in the fourth quarter of a very tough ball game you know and i thought i was going in to score and i just got intercepted and they took it back for a touchdown and they're dancing in the end zone and here i am on the sideline you know i'm looking at a ragtag team and it's just me and i gotta get out there and i have to score because not scoring is not an option it's not an option. I've got to score. I've got to do the things that are necessary to support my life. So what does that look like? You know, everybody's in the huddle, the family's in the huddle, and they want to hear the game plan. All right. What's the game plan? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you know what? Five-star BDM. You're like, what? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> what? <laughs> People pay for that? I mean, I've never heard of that. What are you talking about? No, five-star BDM said it, it first started out as business development master because business development is what I've been doing. But I like the brand because my network people start telling me they liked my brand. Grant, I like the way you branded yourself. You know, on social media is, is uncanny. This is what I'm getting back is feedback from others. It's not what I'm telling myself. This is what my network is telling me. My job is now to monetize that, put that together and help other people. You know, that M could be, you know, BD monetization, BD masters. Got it. <laughs> it it's a, a lot of plays, a lot of yeah. plays, a lot of things you can do from a marketing standpoint to, to create that reach and, and memorization and what I would do. But because I've been exposed to so many brands in my career in IT, I touched all the different well-known technology companies in the U.S. on a daily basis. I understood what the needs are. Now it's just a matter of 
who I really want to target. Now, I didn't want to sell large, you know, multi-million dollar systems. That's just too much. What I wanted to do is work with people because this is where I see in this great transformation that's taking place that you understand that you are multidimensional. You're a multidimensional person. The human factor in everything is what's so, so important. And I believe people undervalue themselves. And you have to understand this one important fact. A company will only pay you what they can afford. You need to pay yourself what your value is. And only by doing that will you understand what that true value is. And the most richest people in this world are entrepreneurs. You know, so you can't go to them and say, you know, here's X we, that amount of dollars because that, that doesn't equate to their true value. So understand your value. I had to understand mine and put it out there on, on the table and run with it. And the feedback, not so much how my story has evolved, because my story has evolved through other people. I've helped many different people understanding their value and uncovering their why and making it powerful enough to where they can create opportunities for themselves. And that gives me great values for me from a five-star perspective. That's awesome. And I will say this, I was talking about this with another disruptor the other day. And we, we have high-tech society now, and it's getting even more high-tech. But even in history, the high-tech societies of the day, you know, manufacturing, assembly line, and so forth, there has always been a taking over the individual creation, you know, this conformity, this automaticity that takes out the human element and the component, right? And you're saying and what you're doing and people are being forced to do this is that there is this element now of we're not conforming and we have this high-tech society and people like you are forcing the human element into it. It makes it for a very rich landscape for innovation. I don't know what's going to happen yet, right? I don't know what the trends are going to be, but people are being forced into this. And so what do you think? What do you think it's going to look like in the next three to five years? The more high tech we get, but this uh, relentlessness to not conform and people be more humanized. This is going to probably be the one of the most dynamic renaissances in human history. And why, why do I say that? Because we have been using only one part of our brains lately, and that is our analytical side of our brain, you know, from a scientific computational type thing. That creates a nice platform, but it's not necessarily creative. So with this new platform, as we start to expand out into it, into a three-dimensional multiverse, metaverse type experience, it is going to expand us exponentially from an imagination standpoint. Your imagination is going to be unleashed. It's one thing to say, you know, I, I like to go to the moon. It's another thing to be actually projected there in such realism that you cannot discern the reality from the fiction 
<laughs> no, it's actually very true. And I will say this, you know, science fiction has always, science fiction has always been a precursor to technology. Science fiction books, science fiction ideas, science fiction imagination. It's been a precursor to, you know, going on space travel, the moon, you know, things like that. We now have the creator commerce. We have the metaverse coming out. We have what you're saying is very true. We are on the precipice of a renaissance. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, it'll be exponential. If you look at how the internet changed our lives, look how um, mobile and social has changed our lives. That, you, like you were saying, you weren't participating. In. Remember, I was talking about earlier, people weren't participating you know, in LinkedIn and things of that nature. Now you have to, right? You have to engage with these digital worlds because it's the way that we are living. Think about this. The Ubers of the world, they don't even own taxi cabs. The Airbnbs of the world, they don't own any hotels. You start thinking outside of the box just because you have digital enablement that think about what that can do for you as an individual. How can that expand your reach? You don't need to own expensive assets. Remember what I said earlier, I was in the IT industry. A lot of these things are super expensive. I don't want to buy and sell that. That's huge risk, huge risk. But I can utilize cloud technology. I don't have to own anything. Yeah. I expand and contract when I need to. This That is a huge game changer. So now it's no longer where the privileged few have access to data center type technologies, it becomes now the massive masses have access to that same platform. Now, what can you create with it? Now, as I said earlier about the creativity, what can you create with it is totally up to you. It's like music, your music. And your own brand. Your art, your brand is your brand, it's your world. How are you gonna create that? So everything else then is fits into your tapestry of your world. Yes, you are disrupting digital networking. Do you know that? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Grant, what do you do in your off time? Do you have any crazy passions or, you know, what do you do when you're not like massively networking or helping people network? And, you know, it's all one world. A lot of times I'm involved with so many different groups these days. It just continues. But you know what I really like to do is create. I like I create videos a lot of times for my, my clients. And I took this on as a passion for the last two years and kind of really got into it. And I love it because it, I can listen to someone, talk to them and then create a video representation of that individual or, or that endeavor, or what they're doing, you know, in a one to two minute clip. And people really gravitate to that because that's bringing that realism out, taking just an aspect of someone and then put it in, into a short film. This is what I'm talking about earlier. Like before leaving on a podcast, you have to have a radio station. Well, yeah. Carl, you don't, you don't have <laughs> now you can just be in your station. office, right? You don't have to have a TV station. You don't need all these tools are now available and if you apply yourself 
you too can be very creative and utilize these tools to expand your world. So that's what I'm doing. I can't wait to do that even for my granddaughter. I can't wait to see what she's going to get into. She's only six months old now. So she got time. But what I, is her I, name? Because you've spoken about her before. What is her name? Oh, she's the love, new is, love of your life for the past six months. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Her name is Eliana. So Miss Eliana. Yep. Eliana. That's yes. beautiful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. And her mom is Elon. So that's my daughter. So I got Elon and Eliana and watching them grow into uh, this world of 2022 as, as they move forward. I can only imagine, you know, what her experience is. I think it's our responsibility. I will leave your audience with this. It is our responsibility to allow this next generation to create a new world. So let, let's help them. And the mic just dropped. <laughs> Grant, how do people get a hold of you? Best way to get a hold of me is LinkedIn. Just go to Grant McGaugh, G-R-A-N-T-M-C-G-A-U-G-H. Then you can go to my website at www.5starbdm. That's B for brand, B for development, and for masters.com. Thank you, Grant. Thank you, Carla. That's a wrap, everyone. If you learned something today or laughed, go tell someone about this podcast and tell people to go disrupt their markets, especially digital networking. Thank you for listening to the Disruption Interruption podcast, where we transform lives, change consumer behavior, never accept the status quo, and alter economics. Ciao for now. Because we live in a highly litigious society, with America being one of the top litigious countries in the world, here's our legal disclaimer. This information is not intended to be a substitute for professional public relations or legal advice. Do not disregard seeking professional legal, healthcare, or financial advice, or delay seeking professional PR or legal advice because of something you have heard here. Contact an attorney to obtain advice on any particular legal situation or problem. Use of this podcast or our website or any of its social media or email links do not create an agency-client relationship between Joto PR and the user.